0: Finally, that day came when she had to establish her own domain, but over his dominion she had no reign. So one set out in pursuit of a higher fate and joined with two to form the third triumvirate. Journeys of departure granting into the unknown, but on these mics, this triad has found its home. In one accord, she's offer you their counsel. Raise your frequencies to the Empress
1: High Council. Great day, queens and kings, and welcome to the Empress High Council. Thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and share button. Great day, royal family, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 8. This is the alchemist coming to you on a frequency of energy to transmute your social, spiritual, and financial currency into abundance. Welcome, queens and kings of the Empress High Council. A lot has been going on amid our current state of affairs, dealing with a pandemic and a massive shift of our personal economics with the unemployment loss due to the quarantine. Today, we're going to discuss Confederate statues being removed amid protests over the George Floyd's death and systemic racism, your stimulus money and did you get it, the new chokehold laws, police disciplinary actions and the release of officers' records of abuse, and new developments in officer shootings. And one more thing, the new developments in the Karen culture, a lot of those are starting to pop up. So now that the table is set, Let's just jump right into it. Some people think that the monument removal is just going too far. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been listening to a lot of stuff. Some people think that the monument removal is going too far. Personally, I believe the sheer presence of these statues has been for years problematic and glorifies racial inequality and injustice of a very dark 250 year, period. It has been a constant lesson that has taught heritage and superiority at the inferiority of others. Jazz, what do you think about these monuments, these Confederate statues and monuments coming down all over these 23 states? Because there's 780 monuments dedicated to the Confederacy located in 23 states. What do you think about tearing down all these monuments? So this is Jazz
0: coming to you on the three universal frequencies of love, music, and numbers. I think the removal of the monuments is something to appease the people, to make us feel as though they're throwing us a bone. We've heard you, and so we're removing these visual reminders. But the mental conditioning of slavery has far more damaging effects than the removal of these statues. And so yes, it may seem as though progress is being made, but the agendas are still at play. They have not revised curriculums in schools. They have not given us fair opportunities in every industry. They have not given us seats at executive tables. They have not amended the Constitution and its amendments. They have not granted us more aid and level the playing field so that we all have a fair shot and equal advantages. So I don't understand what the removal of these monuments are really going to do. For us, I don't really see the long-term benefits of it. Yes, we won't be able to see the racism, but it's still an underlying current in America. So until we start dealing with these difficult conversations and really getting to the core and the root of everything that's happening, the removal means absolutely nothing to me.
1: Absolutely. I love your position on that. I was reading something today and uh, there's a lot of uh, back and forth with a lot of folks. Uh, some people are the light of persuasion. It's like, how could you get rid of my culture, my heritage? Cause they are talking about taking down the Christopher Columbus statue in Columbus Circle. Uh, they're removing uh, some other statue at the Museum of Natural History. Um, and they're just removing a, a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of back and forth, but I honestly and wholeheartedly agree with you about having an equal seat at the table, making it an equal playing field, in addition to making sure that just because the statues aren't there, it doesn't mean that, you know, 400 years of of racism, slavery is erased. So, guys, you heard it here on the Empress High Council. Remember that, don't let the removal of those statues make it seem as if it's a fair playing field, and you heard it from Jazz Aphrodite first. Wanna talk a little bit about the new chokehold laws. So what do you think about these new chokehold laws? I actually saw um, on television just two days ago uh, in far Rockaway in uh, New York, that a police officer actually had someone in a chokehold and another officer actually had to tap him out. You can clearly see that the young 16 year old had to be about 130 pounds soaking wet he had four heavy-duty officers on him, and one had him in a chokehold. And you can clearly see that he was already unconscious. So another officer actually tapped him to get off of the kid. And today, or yesterday, we found out that that officer was terminated immediately, effectively and immediately. So what do you think about these uh, new chokehold laws? And, and how effective do you think they're really going to be when our young children are actually being murdered by gunshot. I don't know what the chokehold is supposed to do, but you know, what do you think about these new chokehold laws, Jazz?
0: So what are the actual chokehold law? What does the chokehold law say in terms of providing amendment?
1: Well, the new chokehold law is pretty much just saying that a police officer cannot put a civilian in a chokehold. That's it. They cannot appear to put them in a chokehold. They cannot put them down in a chokehold. That is a method that they have been utilizing for ever since I can remember, I can't tell you exactly how many years, but police officers have been using chokeholds to uh, subdue people that they're going to arrest for Mm -hmm. a long time now. So first of all, they're choking the people and making them unconscious or putting them in an unconscious state while they're already handcuffed. So I don't know why the chokehold, I have no idea why the chokehold, but I know the throat is the most sensitive place on your neck. So it is to put the person in a state of unconsciousness
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: the chokehold law has been enacted because of the simple fact that a lot of officers have gotten uh, some disciplinary action i can't even say disciplinary action they have gotten complaints because their victims have been put in chokeholds which rendered them unconscious
0: okay so saying here the offense would occur when a police or peace officer using a chokehold or similar restraint applies pressure to the throat or windpipe of a person hindering breathing or the intake of air, and cause a serious physical injury or death. This mm-hmm. would be a class C felony, punishable by 15 years in prison. So this is the thing. You can stop the chokehold, they still have access to guns. So yep. they're gonna still shoot men and women in the event that they can't use the chokehold. What we have to realize about law enforcement is, many of these officers have been people who were bullied coming up. And naturally, if you were bullied, most people either fight back or get over it and push on. Most police Mm -hmm. officers are holding a vendetta because they don't have the physical force to exert against anybody that they're apprehending or they feel is a physical threat. So naturally, they're going to want to lash out at somebody because one, they're still harboring any sort of trauma from their childhood, which honestly, we've all been through. At some point, you just have to let the shit go or they just want to exert a physical force on somebody because they have this exaggerated sense of authority and power. So you remove the chokeholds, that's great, but they're still armed. They still have tasers. They still have other ways of harming and doing physical damage to someone else. So are we eliminating all acts of violence and are we retraining them? Like this whole thing about The chokehold is one thing. They're now speaking about defunding the police officers and defunding, I guess, the roles and responsibilities. And the word defund is a bad use of the word defund. Like, it's really causing confusion amongst people in the streets because people are thinking that they're withdrawing resources and financial allocations to the police force, which is the true meaning of the word defund. Like, they need to say realigning roles and responsibilities But yes, I think that there needs to be a shift in the roles and responsibilities of officers. And as they say, they may be bringing in community workers who are better at having mediation arbitrations among people in the community. Now that would only work if they are employing people who are a part of the community that they're serving. This idea of hiring police officers who live in Nassau County to come out and work in the five boroughs is bad Mm -hmm. because they have no ties to the community. They have no interest in the people in the community. They can't relate to the people in the community. And once again, the people in the community are going to see that they're weak links and they're going to have a lack of respect. And again, they're going to find ways of exerting physical force. So until we start peeling back all of the psychological Mm. and socioeconomic layers this is a waste Mm -hmm. of time again designed to appease people and to put a little band-aid like all right we heard you we heard you crying we're going to give you this little thing so you can sit down in a corner and shut up for two minutes while we still push forward with our agenda
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. while we still push forward with our personal agenda behind your back and next you know you wake up and it's a whole new world order believe it or not So what they also are trying to push forward is this police disciplinary action and the release of the police officer's records when they have uh, disciplinary actions of abuse or complaints. The police department is a fraternity, okay? It is a order of a a fraternity. And so now with the release of police officers' records of abuse or disciplinary action, what's going to happen there is they're just going to stop recording it. It's just not going to be recorded. The paperwork is just going to be lost sitting on someone's desk. So now you have this new law, but it cannot be enacted because of the simple fact that it's still up to the same people that you are reporting to put the paperwork through. Why would I report myself? Why would I report my sister? Why would I report my brother? Why would I report my family member? That doesn't make any sense. So, um, like you said, jazz, It is just a Band-Aid. It's layers and layers and layers of Band-Aids. And we're just, guys, we're coming to you from the Empress High Council, and we're putting everything out there so that you can open your eyes and see what's going on. And Jazz has a wonderful perspective on what's going on. I have the questions, and Jazz have the answers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) some (laughs) of the answers.
1: (laughs) So as you guys, sit down at the round table and have this discussion with us and we get you to start really thinking about what's going on around you, what it is that you're seeing and hearing in the news and all these new laws and bills and and disciplinary actions that they're actually telling you, that's just giving you one of those new band-aids. What is that band-aid company coming out with the new different color band-aids? I don't want to say the company, but you guys know what I'm talking about. They're coming out with those new different color Mm -hmm. band-aids to go along with um, African skin tone or thin tone of the diaspora because you know we we put the hashtag ban on minority the last episode so so that is just another color of the band-aid that they gave you so you got one band-aid is the new chokehold law you have another band-aid with the police disciplinary action You have another Band-Aid with the police officers, the chokehold. However, now they can use their tasers. So now they've actually tasered in Manhattan a few weeks ago. About two weeks ago, they tasered a 16-year-old in his face. Wow. They tasered him, yeah, in his face. They tasered a 16-year-old in his face. The pictures
0: were... That's ridiculous.
1: Graphic. That little boy could have lost an eye. OK, tasered in his face. He was out there, you know, uh, protesting. and He got tasered in his face. Let's talk about some new developments in uh, police officer shootings, being that we're on that subject right now. So every year, officers kill more than 1,000 unarmed people. And since 2015, police officers have shot and killed 5,400 people. And the number of black and unarmed people fatally shot by police is disproportionately higher than the number of white people. Let's talk about Rashad Brooks. Now, how did that happen? So I'm sitting in Wendy's, right? Maybe I've had a couple of drinks, maybe I've had an argument, you know, with my husband. And I went out and I just want to sit in Wendy's to cool off, maybe I'm a little drunk, maybe Wendy's down the block. Or maybe I was leaving a bar and I realized, whoa, I'm, I'm a bit too tipsy. Let me just pull over to this Wendy's and catch a nap. How does that wind up into a police officer shooting death in the back of an unarmed civilian? He's in his car minding his business. What do you think about that, Jazz? How, how does that? He's in his car minding his business. The police officers knock on the window. He's not driving. The guy is not driving anywhere. You can't sit in your car and be drunk? How does that work? Do you have an opinion on that, Jazz?
0: No, I don't have an opinion on it, because we've seen this too often. I mean, so these cops are still very comfortable in the wake of everything that's happening with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, which are the most recent, and Breonna Taylor. We can't forget her. Mm-hmm. They're still comfortable killing people of color. Still comfortable. So again, this goes back to the conversation of this is much deeper than a bill and a law. Like this Mm -hmm. is like reprogramming that needs to happen. One thing I'm happy about is that the mayor took swift action and she fired the police officer who did it. And he's now facing 11 charges. And on top of that, the police chief decided that she was going to resign as well, Erica Shields. Mm-hmm. So this oh, yeah. is interesting that you would have a woman who we would think would have more compassion. She's saying she's throwing the towel in because she believes that what the officer did was just.
1: Yeah, there was a little bit of information that came out about her and um, how she was a very stern police chief. I'm saying stern, and I really want to say racist. So I'm using the word stern. Mm-hmm. She had her days in hot water, too. Very cutthroat, very conniving, and very cunning. So she's had her days as well. Mm. And um, she was pretty much, she had to resign because too much of her dirty laundry was starting to be aired. Too much of her dirty laundry was starting to be aired. Makes sense. Another thing I heard, and I don't know how true this is, I really didn't want to look it up because I I really don't want to know. But I was told by another officer that the officer that uh, murdered, and I just don't want to say his name, um, Mr. Floyd, still gets to receive his full pension. So, however that works Mm. out, this officer is still eligible for his full pension. Now, I do not think that that is right. He should not get a pension. You're going to jail, you're you're a felony now, you're a felon, you're going to jail. You should not be able to get your pension because you killed someone. You actually committed a felony on your job. I can't commit a felony on my job and still receive my pension. (laughs) I mean, that's crazy.
0: It's crazy, but then it goes back to whether he was represented by a union. Do they have a union in Minneapolis Police Department? Because they're the ones that would arbitrate that. So he would be fired from the job and he would lose his salary. But if he's vested, and that's the terms that they use, Mm -hmm. if he's vested, he will still be eligible to receive his pension. That's why I'm saying all of these things need to be built into their contract. So immediately, once this happens, you forfeit all of that.
1: Yes, yes. Now, what I find quite odd, and I have to get the name of it, I believe the, na- the young lady's name's Collier? Carlita. Carlita.
0: Her name is Cario Horn.
1: Cario, spell it, Jazz?
0: C-A-R-I-O-L, Horn. Cario Horn.
1: She was a police officer in 2005. She was on the job 19 years. Her partner actually had a old 67 year old man in handcuffs. It was a domestic violence situation. They were called to the house because there was an argument between the him and his wife. The officer had him in handcuffs, proceeded to punch him in the face and had him in a chokehold. Knocked out this old man's little bit of teeth that he had left. And she actually tapped him on the shoulder to tell him enough, enough, enough. He turned around and punched her in the face. They had four other officers there who were not a body of her peers as far as when it came to race. And she actually lost her job and her pension. And this happened in 2005. So guys, there's a petition out there. So if you can just Google what it is. She spoke about it
0: on an interview with the Breakfast Club. And so they have a petition going so that she can get her pension as well. But this is what should be happening. You should be able to step in a line of fire and do the right thing. And the fact that this police officer reared up and punched her in her face, she said that the nerve endings in her face is still not functioning normally. And this is how many years later this has happened. 15 years later. And it's yes. all so right for her to be fired and she's physically assaulted, I'm sure, by a white man on the job.
1: Absolutely. Guys, there's some new developments in the Karen culture. Jess, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, there was a... Female officer who ordered her food from McDonald's and had a nervous breakdown because it was taking too long for them to bring her, her double whatever burger she ordered. And she did not want to take it from the person at McDonald's that was servicing her because they were a minority and she wanted them to make it over and make it faster. And she just had a nervous breakdown and she recorded it and put it on um, Instagram. People are calling that the Karen culture now too. Because now we have female officers of the lighter persuasion who are now scared. So I was having a conversation with someone because they were like, oh my gosh, she looks like she's scared, this, that, and the other, all kinds of stuff. And I was like, well, we've been scared for 400 years. What What, what is she scared about now for taking a damn hamburger? So what was she scared of? I don't know what she's so scared about taking a hamburger, where she has to have a, a nervous breakdown. So now we have our police officers, our female officers, counterpart, police officers, playing victim as well. I don't know if it's because they're exhausted or this whole quarantine and this, um, the the protests and everything are getting to them. They are the victim of racism now. (laughs) Can you believe
0: that? Yeah, well, you know, normally when people are attacked, they want to act now as though they are the victim because people are starting to shine a light on all the nonsense that's been happening behind closed doors or really in, in the public, but they've been getting away with. So now they want to turn the tables and play victim. And who better to play victim than white women who've been playing victim for 400 years plus. So my thing is, people, we need to be very wise about what's happening around us because it's mm-hmm. very odd to me. And maybe I'm the only person who this is odd to, but in the wake of everything that's happening, you would still have police shootings, police killings, and women calling out things that are not even a big deal just to get attention or just to enact covert forms of racism against other people for minor things just because they're not getting their own way. You would think that that would deescalate in a time like this, but in actuality, it's being amplified. Why are people still doing these things even though people are publicly saying we are tired. Why is this still happening? Is it a lack of respect? Is it because these ideas or these constructs are being forced on people like, yes, continue to do this so that people can be riled up and we will have division in America. And therefore, once things are divided, we can continue to push whatever agendas we're pushing through behind closed doors. What is happening that America wants to keep all of its civilians distracted by all of these stupid incidents that are being publicized and still being perpetuated even though people are calling attention to it. What is happening?
1: We gotta coin this. What is this, the Band-Aid? We gotta coin this. We gotta come up with something like really good because this is a Band-Aid. It really is, Jackie. There's too much going on. There's there's too much going on. We have the Confederate statues being removed amid protests. We have people not getting any getting stimulus money. So there's a lot of untruth when it comes to people getting their stimulus money. We're on uh, a month three or four, and a lot of people still haven't gotten their stimulus money. We have new chokehold laws when officers are still shooting and killing people, and now they're tasering children in their face. We have police disciplinary actions and the release of the police officers' records um, of abuse. And what's going to happen with that is the police officers have to put those records in. So who's gonna really put the record in on their friend, family, and their partner? We have new developments in police officer shootings. It's still happening. Nothing is really happening about that. And then we also have new developments in the camera culture because now we actually see women of the light of persuasion who are police officers feeling as if they're victims of some type of racial inequality. Guys, those are the things that we wanted to bring to you from the Royal Family in this season two, episode eight. We wanted to get you guys to thinking about what's really going on behind the scenes. Don't continue to accept that Band-Aid.
0: And I wanted to say something before we go. So in the wake of this pandemic There's been a lot of controversy around the mask wearing. So as we know, when we have a virus, viruses normally circulate amongst the people, they spike and then they die down. The body gets immune to it. Sometimes the virus mutates into other forms, but eventually the virus goes away. The body has its white blood cells, fights it off, and we can all live happily ever after. All of a sudden, they're saying that there's going to be a second wave of COVID, which is odd to me because we were quarantined from March till June. Civil unrest started to happen and we were having public marching and protesting and people are in very close quarters to each other, some wearing masks, others not. But the fact that people are close to each other isn't an issue, which it shouldn't be. But they've had us in this public fear and panic for so long now that we're protesting is no longer an issue. Now they're saying that we have to go back to wearing the masks. Trump did a rally in, is it Tulsa? Tulsa,
1: yes, Tulsa, Oklahoma. He
0: said that COVID, the numbers of COVID decreased while he was doing his rally. So what's really going on with this COVID situation? Because honestly, I have not been wearing the mask because one, I need to breathe. And the mask is not preventing us from anything, because most of us are wearing cotton masks or the mask that you wear in a surgical room, and all it's doing is blocking the carbon dioxide from getting to you so you can't breathe. And on top of that, it's not filtering anything out. So it's useless. And we know this because science proves these things. I'm saying this to say we need to be very smart about what's happening with this COVID. What is it actually? And why are we in such fear of each other? It's to the point now where people are still crossing the street and not even of different races, of the same race. And it seems as though Black people are more paranoid of it than anybody else. It's nonsense because they've named this the Black disease now. We can't be in close quarters or we can't brush arms as we're walking by. Like, what's really going on? So I'm saying this to say when Bill Gates comes because this is really the agenda that's going on behind everything that's going on when Bill Gates comes and decides that he wants to pass this vaccine that has implanted microchips in it so that it can implant and track human beings. I want us to have the same energy that we have out with these protests, with the civil unrest, because it's very easy to get angered by race. But we need to realize that we are in chemical warfare. Forget civil warfare. Yes. We're in a chemical warfare right now. So we need to get out in the streets and protest those vaccinations with the same energy as we're protesting George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and now Richard Brooks. We need to have mm-hmm. that same energy and more because this is a worldwide thing that they're planning to implement. We need to be smart. Do not allow them to say that this second wave is going to be worse than the first. Therefore, they need to implement this vaccine and then prevent us from having our own civil rights of traveling and being able to move about freely in the world. These are things that they might take away from us because they want to enforce this. So we need to be smart and we need to be vigilant about this. We're fighting something much greater than race.
1: And on that note, from your mouth, out to the universe and out to syndication and may all the people Far and wide of the Empress High Council, receive this message, understand this message, embrace the message, and get out there and be a catalyst of change. Thank you guys for tuning in to Season 2, Episode 8. We're going to leave you with our one final thought. Don't Don't live live in in your
0: yesterdays. yesterdays. Live in in the the vision vision that you have for your tomorrows. tomorrows.